Welcome to episode number 92 of Take Him With You for October 31st, 2010. This week on Take Him With You, we're talking about singing in the rain, our holiday plans, and more. Not only are we going to talk about the weather, but we're going to play a great interview with our friend from New Jersey, Sue Kissenweather. She shares a very good conversation about her life and faith growing up as a preacher's kid. It'll be a lot of fun. So stick around to take him with you, the podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Thanks for joining us. Coming soon, the exciting follow-up to my Stargazer music project. The short story and musical journey of M.W. Orbit. Greetings. I am M.W. Orbit. Is there anyone there? Join M.W. Orbit, NASA's first artificially intelligent deep space probe, as he visits the Milky Way galaxy, looking for life. MW updates his blog on where he is on his journey. He takes your email and Twitters and answers questions. Then, in a few weeks, he'll be downloading his journey interpreted through music. Initiating translation. Visit mw-orbit.com to read up on MW's progress. Coming soon, MW Orbit, the new interactive story and music project by me, Rick Moyer. Join MW as he journeys through the Milky Way galaxy, searching for life. Visit mw-orbit.com today. have one more song to go until mw orbit is ready for mastering and then sent off for production yeah and you it the last song is um chloe's dream right no the last song is called the return yeah but the song the last song that you need to finish is called chloe's dream yeah it's the it's one of the most difficult pieces on the album so yeah it's all about mw's kitten yeah. So anyway, you and MW have that in common, don't you? Oh, what, what, our love for kitty cats? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I love my kitty cat, but... Uh, you love your kitty cat quite a bit. You think so? Hey, uh, Andrew, yeah. go get Stripey for me. He's on our bed. He can be on my podcast today, on our podcast today. Well, it's the day that we are recording, not the day that we're airing, but the day that we are recording is actually your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to me, eh? Yep, and you had, I made you um, scrambled eggs and little pigs. Yes, and... And uh, a little tiny baby cinnamon roll, because we're trying to be good and not eat too many carbs. And look what I got for my birthday already. I got a Spock bobblehead. I was going to use that whenever you fight with me. I'll just hit the button. You are essentially irrational. And Spock can say that. This is what else he says. Fascinating. You ready? Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. And then you hit him again. And then... Fascinating. But he kind of tends to go off once in a while. Oh, and look at who we have here. It's Stripe. Hi, Stripe. Sit down here. Do you want to come say hi on the podcast to everybody? Does anybody want to hear my cat? Oh, why don't you? Why don't you be nice? He could purr or meow or something. He doesn't meow. Our cat only grunts. Well, he meowed when he was sick, and we were taking him to the vet, and then he meowed the whole way, and we were so shocked because we really didn't even know he could meow. Yeah, because now all he does is there. See that sound? That's not a happy sound, though. No, but he does that all the time. I mean, no matter what you do, you, you can pet him, you can love him, he'll purr, and then he'll go. Ready? Yeah. I, I don't think he's happy. I think I'll put him up here on the couch, and maybe he'll sit with us while we do that. He want, He usually likes to lay on the bed during the day. Yeah. I don't know what it is about cats, but they sleep all night. And or sleep all day. Oh, sleep all day and then play around all night and then sleep all day. Well, they just sleep all the time anyway, night and day. Well, most of the time. They're not up very often, and when they are, they're kind of weird. Stripey has done some impressive hunting in the past, though. Well, we should talk a little bit about what's going on around our house because okay. that'll get right into it. But I was just talking about MW Orbit's going to be out pretty soon. We're hoping that everybody um, picks up a copy of it. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say is uh, in order to raise money to do the MW project... I got a bunch of download cards that people can, uh, if they want to, buy the Stargazer CD. Um, I have the download cards for them where they can get them for a whole lot less. So I'm probably going to sell them for like like uh, $6 on PayPal. And if you want an instant download, you can buy it for your friends for Christmas or if you want an extra copy of it or you want to give it to somebody. Um, I will email you the download code. And they can go over to CD Baby and download it for six bucks versus the ten dollars on mm-hmm. iTunes and the nine dollars on Amazon. Uh, so I'm doing it at a reduced cost, and all that money that I get from that is going to dump back into the project for MW. So, do you understand what that means? Yeah, I well, kind of. If if you email us and pay us six dollars through PayPal, then mm-hmm. we'll send you a code to get to download the album for only six dollars. Correct. Yeah. And that's you don't have to pay tax or anything on that. Yeah, that's um that's the Stargazer C D. Right, that, my that original will, that will release, help us. Raise which was money actually released one year ago today. Mm-hmm. Well it's the day we're recording. Yeah. yeah. On my birthday. Yeah. I was trying to get this we one were, to be released as well, but it's we're really close though. We're close, yeah. 
Probably by the end of the week, you can get the album finished. So but. if anybody wants the Stargazer, I mean, maybe you already have a copy of it, but you know your friends might not, and um, you could you know help us out by uh, sending us six bucks. We'll send you the download code, and then you can, uh, if, if you don't have it already, you can get it. And if you do have it already, you can get another copy of it and send it to your, or send the download card to your friend. Mm-hmm. Or your family or whoever. that I mean, they're all legit and really cool. So Now, the download code that we give, that's only good for one copy, though, Correct. right? And right. then if they want more, they'd have to buy more download codes. Right. It has little instructions that I'll send in the email on how you download it. And, and you just pay me, and then you get the download code, and you can buy the album. Sounds Stargazer. Good. A collection of stars to watch. A collection of stars. stars. A collection of songs to watch the stars with. And... And if even if you are someplace like we are that's cloudy a lot, I it's have a friend. Good chilling that, music. I have a friend that listens to it at night when she goes to sleep because it's yeah, it's just chillaxing. Okay, why my wife using modern terms yeah. chillaxing? I hear that at church. We better. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I better play the music the for us. No All right. music for us. Oh. So we've been having a storm all week at our house, or the last few days. It's been windy and rainy. My sunflowers have taken a pummeling and they're gone. Yeah, they're not in very good shape. No, but anyway, we've had like, how high were the winds, do you think? Oh, I think we probably had some gusts that were 50 or 60 miles an hour. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. There Everything some, was blowing around out there. There is some um, limbs but, that came, have come down in the neighborhood, and one of them took out the, the street sign. Oh, on the um, Joanne Lane next, the did it street really? next to us. Yeah, it took the top off the street sign. I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say that. Well, anyway, we had. Uh, we I was sound asleep about quarter to four in the morning the other day, and was woken by a huge clap of thunder that shook the house. Yes, and, I was too. And then all of a sudden, all the animals start coming. Yeah, because they're scared. They run in. They get up on our bed, and they want us to hold them. Well, Stripey did. He's kind of. A scaredy cat when it comes to storms. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tess doesn't like it either, so she gets right next to us, and that's our dog. Yeah, well, she sleeps right next to the bed because she's too old to get up in the bed anymore. Yeah, so then, then, okay, so then we had it like rain and rain and rain. They had, up in Amanda Park, they had three inches of rain in one day. Mm. Now, for people who aren't around this area, Amanda Park is right next to the Quinault Rainforest. That's so, true. Um, the well, we had like an inch of rain that gets, day. I can't. Or gets inch a lot and a half. of rain. Yeah. It was crazy. But anyway, it rained so hard it would wake us up. Yeah. And it was just it was deafening. It was just rain yeah, and rain and I rain. Yeah, I think I only got three or four hours of sleep that night because of the thunder and, and the, the rain, rain and, the, and the dog snoring and the and hail. The well, that, then I was going to say. Then in the morning, the animals are uh, one's asleep on our bed and the other is asleep at the foot of the bed. And between the purring of the cat trying to wake me up to have him food, give him food. And the snoring of the dog, it's like stereo wake-up alarms. I don't need an yeah. alarm. I don't have an alarm anymore. I don't... No, our animals wake us up. <laughs> they want food. They want food. So, anyway, crazy storm and wind. I'm glad every, nobody got hurt, though. We've had a little bit of flooding here in our area, but uh, it's not so bad. So, anyway, I just love lightning and thunder. I love what it sounds like and looks like. It's so cool. I don't like that it keeps me up at night, though. <laughs> I think it's awesome when, when the sound of thunder can... Just rattle the house. That's so cool. 
It, That's like explosions or like fireworks or like laserium or something like it that. It kind of brings me back to the traumatic time, though, when our roof got blown off the house. Eh. So I don't like that part. Eh, it's not going to blow our house roof off now. It's brand new. Yeah, well, because it blew off in the last big storm. But yeah, but yeah, it's still been, we still had some thunder today. And this is, we're recording on Tuesday and it's yeah. been going on since saturday was when the storm yeah started, quite, a, so. quite a storm so i have a stormy birthday today but i you yes. know i had a great birthday so far i got up this morning and you made me a nice breakfast and mm-hmm. uh, i actually fed the cats andrew and i fed the animals because they're on a feeding regiment now so they we had to put all the more food than they're supposed to probably well, anyway we fed them and as I, as we were feeding them you were feeding us and it was mm-hmm. a great little breakfast and then i opened my bobblehead spock I love that. I'll put him back over here. And then uh, my uh, uh, my daughter and son and wife got me this really cool. Um, um, it's a rotating speaker system. For yeah, it's the a rotate. It's a rotating iPod. speakers uh, system for the iPod. Mm-hmm. Not the for the I- iPad. The if it was iPod for the iPad, touch. I'd be dancing across the ceiling. I did go look at them for you, though. I know. I just couldn't. Anyway, this them. is really cool. There's a button on it. You push it. You put your iPod Touch into it. It charges it. You push this button. And it rotates around so you can watch videos on it. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I really like that too. That was really nice. And then I got a new phone. See this new phone? This is a speaker phone. Watch this. Isn't that nice? A little speaker phone for next to my uh, yeah, computer. Yeah, because you broke the last one. Yeah, whatever. And so, um, and other than... The one you broke was um, oh, our. Oh, we our forgot what else I got for my line. birthday. I got gummy D three vitamins. You know that they make vitamins that are in the shape of like gummy bears. Except for they really aren't gummy bears. No, they're, they're like little, little triangles. Gummy dots or they're something. They're peach, blackberry, and strawberry gummies that have vitamin D in them. And I guess vitamin D is supposed to be really good for you. So yeah, because we don't get enough sun here in the northwest. So I ate two of them, which is a thousand IU's of. You probably need to eat four a day. No, it says two a day. Yeah, you need four. All right, I'll eat more. <laughs> they're pretty. I wish. I wish every vitamin was in gummy form. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're pretty neat. They don't taste like vitamins. And then, of course, I got a call at 12.18 this morning as I was dozing off to sleep from my son in Oregon who wanted to be the first to wish me a happy birthday. Yeah, our good son, Nathan. And he's like you. He's a night owl. I was trying to snore as he was calling. Yeah. Oh, you snored all right. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, so it's been a great birthday so far. And then I got like... She was hundreds of th- people saying happy birthday on Facebook, which is so kind. So thank you, everybody, to everybody that on Twitter and and on uh, Facebook that wished me a happy birthday. Very appreciated. And we're, we're excited because we're celebrating Amy's birthday is a week from today. And we're celebrating this weekend by going to the Sci-Fi Museum and seeing the Battlestar Galactica exhibit. By the way, I contacted them and they will allow me to take pictures as long as I don't use a flash. They said the Cylon Raider is very... Um, uh, kind of a diva and she doesn't like her picture taken with a flash so you have uh, to uh, yeah. well you, you don't want her to like use her laser pistol or whatever okay she's the cylon raider remember that oh. it's the ship 
Is it the one that Starbuck used to waggle the, the wings on? No, it's the, the new <laughs> ones that are alive. Remember the ships oh, that are alive? Oh, okay. Remember the one? Who, I don't know sorry. who crawled into it with all the blood and gore and everything and flew it. I think it. that was the new Starbuck. Are, are you a sure? Girl. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. Unless it was Sharon who was actually a, a um, Cylon herself, which that was a weird thing. But yeah. Oh, you just blew it for anybody that hasn't watched it. Well, you know, I don't know if I really like the new series that much. I'm kind of the old corny series more, Battlestar Galactica, the one that had the the Bonanza dad on it, Lauren Green. Lauren Green. By the way, I've been catching up on all the Bonanza episodes, three a day they have on, and I watch at least two uh, when I'm eating lunch and going to bed. Um, yeah, I, know, I haven't been watching as much Star Trek, but... Uh, that's, that's weird for me. That's okay. No, that's that. You know what? Because Bonanza is much like Star Trek: The Next Generation, only in the West. Well, kind of. It is it's got a regular cast of folks, and the the plots are pretty good. And you just never want to fall in love with a Cartwright boy because you'll end up like dead or something by the end of the episode. Well, you never want to fall in love with Riker because he'll just leave you. He'll use you up and then leave you. Riker. Yeah, he wasn't a nice guy that way. Commander Sleaze. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, you don't want to talk about it, apparently. Okay, well, anyway, uh, the other thing that, well, before we get into the interview today, we have a really fun show for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we interviewed Sue Kissenweather from New Jersey, who I works. I love her name, by the way. Kissenweather. That's such a cute name. She said she got made fun of a lot, though, so. Oh. I, I asked her, I said, did anyone ever say what, what kind of weather it is and and say it's kissing weather? And, and she, she said, said yes. yeah, that was her dad's favorite joke. Yeah. 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 That's a cute name. I like well, anyway, name. we interview her today. She works um, in ticketing on Broadway mm-hmm. in downtown New York. And mm-hmm. so uh, she's really a lot of fun. She's a fellow sci-fi nut and a believer, a pastor's kid. We'll talk a little bit about what it was like to be grow up as a pastor's kid and Lots of other cool things like that. But um, the other thing I was going to mention is we are getting ready for our holiday plans this year. Mm-hmm. We're having Thanksgiving at our house. Yeah. I'm baking a big, huge turkey. Yeah. And we invited some family over, so it's going to be a great time. And then uh, hopefully um, we'll be able to see Nathan and Ivy sometime. I um, invited them. Well, you, you know, never know. We'll They've see. got another family now, too, so it's kind of hard. Yeah. They have her family, but I think we're doing ours earlier. We're doing ours more of a lunch or And they're doing theirs a dinner? I think so. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll be able to see them. And then for Christmas, we're hoping to have the kids with us for Christmas too, which would be kind of fun. Or at least part of Christmas. Well, I'm making pumpkin pie, and I know Nathan likes pumpkin pie, so I'm sure we'll see him him sometime during the time just so he can come have pumpkin pie with us all right hey um before we get into the interview today uh we do not take any breaks during it's a it's a lengthy interview and uh lots of really good things we talk about but we thought we would mention real quick thank you to everyone who has helped support the podcast we got a few donations in in the last couple of days and those are very appreciated uh appreciated and and we got a couple donations towards our birthday trip too because um those weren't donate those weren't donations those were gifts they were gifts from our friends that listen to the podcast yeah which we thought that was very very nice this little trip to seattle and um so thank you to everybody and and thanks again everybody for supporting the podcast and helping if you haven't uh yet done that let's just say this if if all the people that listen to the program gave a few dollars 
we would be fine financially during the month. Um, uh, we could we have a lo- quite a few listeners, but uh, not as many people that that donate. And it would be very very helpful to us if you did. No pressure, but uh, it's just really nice when people support. If you like what we do, if you're encouraged by it, and you want to see us expand and do some more things, have Amy involved in some more projects. That would be just awesome it, if you could find it yeah, in your heart to help. And you. Rick does some really awesome. Um, how do I call it? Like audio dramas. The only thing is, is to do those, he has to take time off of doing other things. So right. we would need um, the base for our support to be a little bit yeah, um, to be able larger, to, do more to be able to do more of that kind of thing, yeah. which would be fun, especially yeah. coming up to the holidays. And, you know, again, specials. if you want to help with uh, buying one of the Stargazer download um, cards, uh, just email me, Rick, at Take Him With You, or Amy at Take Him With You, and we'll get right back to you and let you know what the number is and everything if you want to help us out that way. Or if you want to buy one of the new MW Orbit CDs coming out, you can do that as well. We'll have um, That'll be on iTunes and also um, on CD and so on and so forth, on CD Baby. So mm-hmm. it should be fun. So Probably thanks, everybody. In the, in the next few weeks, we'll have the... Yeah, we'll let everybody know. MW Orbit. We might not have the, the CDs in hand yet, but we'll have It doesn't the take downloads. long to get them once we get going. Yeah. So anyway, very, very fun stuff. Okay, we're going to take a real quick break, and then when we get back, we'll introduce the interview. So by keeping us here, you're using us as bait to draw the Nereza in? You have strange ideas on how to make friends. On this planet, that kind of behavior will get you locked away. Maybe that might be the smart thing right now. Lock up the lot of you. This is our planet, you know. At least by staying here and making a stand, our sacrifice has meaning. While the Nereza are focused on us, my brother is making his way to Eden. If he can deliver the cargo he carries, he will almost certainly turn the tide, and the small number of humans left might have a chance. We are giving our lives so that the human race might yet survive. Surely even one as selfish as you can see the nobility in that. My head hurts, Sarah. I don't know how to live in something this small. Sing for me. Our baby. is that How did you get in here? This area is completely sealed off from the likes of you. I studied... Well, you didn't study very well then, did you? Oh, yes. You may have tapped away at your computers and drawn your mathematical symbols on your chalkboards. You have figured out how to turn our bodies 
There is nothing left to do but for you and Father to return to your world. Nature will take its course from there. Humans and Nereza, if you force us to choose, no, we can only choose one. The Martians Are Here podcast, episodes 25 through 29. Starting the 25th of October. Cool promo for the Martians are here. Like a trailer for a movie, huh? A psycho movie, maybe. Psycho movie, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan ha- dreamed it up in his head, sent me the script as you heard it, and then I interpreted it and made it sound like that. Yeah. Cool yeah. war drums and everything. Yeah, you did some very unique music for that one. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of fun. Okay. Anyway, uh, we had the privilege and the honor of interviewing um, a friend of ours from New Jersey named Sue Kissenweather. And so we're going to play the interview now. We hope everybody enjoys it. And we'll be back at the end to wrap things up. Hi there, this is Rick. And this is Amy. And today, through the magic of Skype, we are all the way in New York. It's true. We are as far as we can get from each other, and we have a special guest today. We have our friend Sue with us. Hi, Sue. Hi. Okay, Sue, how do you say your last name? I, I've debated with my wife over this. I'm willing to bet that neither of you have it right. Okay, let's try it. Let's <laughs> it's, try it. It's Kissin' Weather. Kissing weather. How cool oh, is that? Wow. That's kind of. <laughs> so like, so did I, you get hassled as that as a child with that oh, last absolutely. name? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I could see that that could be um an embarrassing name. Like, <laughs> what, what's the weather like? Well, it's, it's kissing weather. weather. Yeah, I'm sure she's heard every variation <laughs> of that. My sure. father loves that joke. <laughs> oh, I bet he does. So, and your father, you uh, you live in New York, and your father is a minister. Well, we actually are in central Jersey. Okay, that's um, different than New York, huh? Yeah, but I have, well, I lived in Brooklyn for a while and I work in the city. So, you know, New Jersey kind of is New York Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to a lot of people. But um, That's cool. Sorry, my brain stopped. That's all right. Yeah, well, ha- have you lived in Jersey? What was the question? <laughs> well, I, I, have you lived in Jersey most of your life? Because I'm not really picking up that Jersey accent or whatever they talk like. <laughs> Oh, I, I can I can take the cover up off if you want. <laughs> okay. right, I just finished my coffee and we're on a Skype call and my cat's over there. You yeah. know? There you go. I see you can do there that. That's go. nice. Yeah. Well, tell us a, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sue. Um, what what do you do? What what is your passion in life? And uh, you you are out in New York. What do you do for a living? Oh, the the job that gives me my paycheck is that uh, I work in arts administration is the fancy way of saying it. What that really means is that I sell tickets on Broadway. Wow. So. Like on the actual Broadway that we all hear about. 
Like yeah, the the great white way. Wow, yeah. that's <laughs> pretty cool. I I see it now. Do they have Broadway on the the Macy's Day Parade, the Thanksgiving Parade? Is that yeah? A lot of the shows do do little performances yeah. for the Macy's. I parade. usually fast forward through all the balloons and watch and those watch little <laughs> tiny because that's probably as close to Broadway as I'll ever get. Is watching those little <laughs> the little dancing song routines that they do so does that mean that you are you are you work in the ticketing office so if somebody wants to come to a show on broadway they got to go through you and your staff well we're we're one of the companies that'll do it my company uh specializes in discount tickets okay believe it or not so um you know most of our our clientele are um tourists that come into the city okay and you know, there's there are different ways to get discounts in Broadway, but we're probably one of the the preeminent websites for it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Excuse me. That's that's really awesome. Okay, so, so okay, now that's what you do to get your paycheck. What's your passion in life, Sue? Well, it still pretty much stays in that realm. I'm lucky enough to to work in a field that I really love. I really love the theater, and. Um, I say my second job that I don't get a paycheck for is that I'm on the board of a nonprofit that's the Matawan Theater Alumni Association. Oh, wow. And, okay, um, I've seen you tweet on that and, and yeah. do a few Facebook uh, entries on that. Tell us a little bit about that. What is that? Well, it is uh, my our town in, in Jersey is Matawan Aberdeen. We're a hyphenated town. And everything's pretty small. We're all tiny shore towns. And I mean, it's all over the, the news nationally, but New Jersey is kind of in a disaster when it comes to schools and funding and there's just no money. So the arts are in serious danger oh, in, so all the, over New Jersey. So the programs are in danger of being cut or not yeah. even having them at all. Yeah. Not even just like theater and, and marching band, but band and art and ceramics and everything. Wow. And about two years ago, some friends of mine started the the theater alumni association basically to support and fund the arts however we can so we're trying to bring together the alumni of the program and support the current program so that the kids in the schools now will have the same opportunities we did wow that's awesome and so it does is it effective i mean are you making a dent we think so um like last year for the spring musical the school district cut the budget at the last minute and the school typically hires a couple professional musicians to sit in the pit for the high school spring musical right and we were able from the alumni association's funds to hire the musicians that the school board told them they would no longer pay for wow that's great so So yeah it's it's we're fledgling we're only about two years old but we're doing everything we can. Wow that's fantastic (laughs) and whose brainchild was that is that your idea or did you are you just with a group of people it's not my idea. You might have uh, seen me tweet with this person, Kate Yavino. Okay. She's at Kate Yavino on Twitter. It was her idea, and um, but I got into it pretty early. She was a year behind me in high school. Okay. And I wound up vice president somehow. <laughs> <laughs> not by accident, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> and so you guys, you guys do various uh, fundraising events throughout the year. Then is that what it yeah, is, or? Our, our our big event is our, our show we call Madawan Legends, where we bring alumni back into the high school. We have about five or six rehearsals, and then we put on a variety show. Oh, how fun. So, yeah, that's Madawan Legends. I, it was all over Facebook and Twitter and everything around in, in early July. 
Yeah. That's actually where I hurt myself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. You've been uh, – well, we can talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so you you work on Broadway. You, you're, you sell tickets and help people see all sorts of cool shows. You've got this passion to make sure that the arts stay in the schools, which is a really good thing. But I also happen to know that you are also – one of the ways that we kind of connected – was that you are an avid lover of science fiction. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you get involved in that? And, uh, and you know, I'm not sure how we met. I can't remember exactly how we met. I just know all this. I've just known you for a long time now. So <laughs> We met, curious. I believe, through some conglomeration of anomaly treks in sci-fi and Twitter. Okay, that's got to be it, yes. <laughs> because I found the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast first which led me to Anomaly, and I started following just all the Twitter names I heard. Ah, got it. And I think we just it just happened. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we were talking back and forth. Yeah. Well, and that, that and the fact that, um, that you also are, are a believer in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, that helped things too because then we kind of had something in common, not just our sci-fi stuff. And then I right. found out that, that you are a pastor's daughter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some questions for you on that a little bit later too. But okay. but tell us a little bit about your how you fell in love with sci-fi. Well, uh, like most of the things in my life, I blame my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> I might sh- should probably back up a little bit. I have a brother and a sister. My sister is seventeen years older than I am, and my brother is thirteen years older than oh, I am. Amy can relate. My sis- yeah. my sister seventeen years older, and then I've got a brother fourteen years older, ten years older. Yeah, eight years older. <laughs> okay, there's so, only three of us. There's only yeah. three of them, and there's like five five of you, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so okay, so he he's responsible for introducing you to some stuff, right? Well, my my sister went to college the summer I was born, so you know my my big influence came from my brother. The story goes that uh, he took me to Return of the Jedi ah. that summer when he was supposed to be babysitting me. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to hang out with his friends, and I, uh, he says that a couple months old, I sat on his lap, totally enraptured by Return of the Jedi, and who would the entire be? length of the movie? I would have. <laughs> wow, just a, a couple. couple you were a couple months old. He was a brave brother. <laughs> mm. I think it was more that he didn't want to stay home with an infant. He wanted uh, to go see a movie. Mm. Wise, not- wise he was. Oh, I don't know if I believe him, but well, that's the story you he might, tells. You might. I'm usually little babies like that really like the bright lightsabers. Light. They, yeah. they, well, they like just the looking at the lights, and they, and who wouldn't yeah. have loved the Ewoks at that age, right? Right. I yeah. mean, that's the only age you do love the big, Ewoks. Big at. teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, they look like big teddy bears. I'm not really an Ewok do. hater. I really like Ewoks. They really are good. They taste like chicken. Oh right. <laughs> sorry, that's, so, a, yeah. that's old standby. My, my brother was big into science fiction, and, you know, when you're a little kid and you have a much older older sibling, they're either your worst enemy or your best friend. Right. And I, you know, I wanted to be just like my brother. And nobody told me, thank goodness, that, like, geeky things aren't for girls. So I was all about it. I was, you know, reading the books and watching the shows, and I wanted to hang out with, with my brother and his cool friends, which were really... 80s nerd friends sweet (laughs) and you know i was at the premiere parties for star trek i remember a sign in our living room that said go borg when the best of both worlds part two came on yes yes we had a party that night too as as i recall (laughs) 
met with a bunch of friends and watched it. Yep, yeah, that was a great. We had to see what happened. I mean, come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, okay, so you, you got into science fiction and you didn't know. Now, that's an interesting topic to bring up because uh, we have noticed that um, that there is quite a, I don't know how do I describe this, a, a bigger male population that are into sci-fi and fantasy stuff, but that may not be completely no, true. No, I know a lot of women that that watch um, Star Trek and stuff, and their husbands don't even watch it. So that's do, not do you ever true. feel though kind of alone? I mean, or, I mean, to, do your other girlfriends and stuff? Do they are they into sci-fi at all? Well, my friends are. Yeah, I would say most girls that I knew in in school and things weren't. But yeah, I found the group of of people that were. And, you know, the gender at that time, you know, it didn't matter in that group so much. But there were definitely some girls in that group. And, you know, it's a it's another th- way that the Internet is absolutely amazing. It is. My, my brother went to um, Harvey Mudd in California for college okay. and came back from his first vacation with a modem. Like, ah, what is this crazy thing? That thing was, goes, I can't even make the noise of a modem, but I remember it yeah. fondly, yes. Yes. Yeah. Or whatever. And, I'm not good at yeah. <laughs> not good and, at noises, but I can remember. So, so I was on the internet when there was no web, like there was text. Right. And I found these Usenet groups. I couldn't have been like more than 10 or 11, I guess, of people who loved the same things I loved and that was my first encounter with like women adult women who are now some of my best friends <coughs> that I met because of the internet and because of Star Trek very very cool yeah and it just it I think with the whole geek culture thing becoming a much more popular thing lately mm-hmm. more and more women are coming out if you will yeah they're not and, afraid and to saying, talk about it anymore you know, I'm proud of my geekness and yeah. Not to plug another podcast, but Anomaly does bring that to the forefront quite they a bit. Sh- they sure mm-hmm. do, and I, I sure appreciate Jen and Angela and and that whole group of folks mm-hmm. that are that are doing that podcast. They are, they really. I think they've raised the awareness and they've made it to the point where people can in, enjoy and express that geekiness without fear of retaliation or fear of somebody saying, "Well, you're a girl, you can't really like that kind of stuff. You're supposed to like Barbies and you know and you know." I, I just I, they I love. They probably have Star Trek Barbies. Oh, know? they do. They do. I have them. <laughs> See, there you go. But uh, <laughs> Catherine thought that was funny. Karma <laughs> fairies are kidding us. I know. What did you do? I didn't do anything. What did you do? I'm nothing. You're the bad one between the two of us. Well, that is true. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly, the podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. Anyway, I I, do, I really appreciate the Anomaly podcast. They have been a, they're such a friend to to Amy and I too. And I I listen to every single one, even though it's from a girl's perspective. I listen to every single one of the podcasts. They're really good, 
and, yeah. and very, very exciting and fun to hear that that type of perspective on things. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, beings that I know that you are a believer in Christ and you mm-hmm. grew up in the church, uh, going to church every Sunday since you probably had to since your dad was a pastor. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't put this in the in the questions, but I'm sure you can answer this. Do you did you ever find a conflict between your geekiness and your Christianity in other in your relationship with Christ? Was there ever a is there ever a conflict between the two? Because I know sometimes sci fi can get over into some realms of some kind of different religion type of things and stuff. Did, was that ever a conflict for you? And and if so, how did you deal with that, or how do you deal with that? I don't really think so i mean i think in sci-fi or really anything you do you're going to find something that might conflict with with what you believe sure but i think i mean maybe it's because i was raised with such a academic knowledge of of scriptures and of doctrine that you know i can look at something and say well no that's not really right and when when we watched television together as a family when I was young, it was very – it's become a joke in the family, but it was very common if something was not theologically correct for my father to point that out. Right. You know, we, the, the, the show would cut to commercial and he'd say, now that's not theologically correct. And, Is that, you know, by now, everyone Sounds like our house. Eyes. Sometimes I would do that. <laughs> After a while, I didn't because right. I figured, brother, kids better know by now. So, <laughs> But yes, okay, I understood. Yeah, we've always had a very open discourse uh, in the family, which is good. So if something comes up, you can be like, "Now, I don't think that that is what I think they're saying." Or right, oh, something to that effect. Where right. you know, if if a question ever came up, we'd talk about it. But I think having the the there's no other word for it the academic right. awareness, I guess, of of the scriptures that I do. It's it's never been a huge issue for me i know it can be for other people well i, I would say common yeah well <laughs> well i would say that sometimes people do a knee-jerk reaction to something without right. understanding maybe what the scripture really says mm-hmm. or or sometimes i mean so what <laughs> sometimes it's like so what so you know they're gonna have it i mean you watch deep space nine they have a whole another religion there with the prophets and all this different stuff right. you, you already know that's the setup it's not gonna be like what you believe so what's the point in getting all upset over it right and i was just telling you before before we started that i just watched all of battlestar galactica and yeah. i'm catching up on caprica mm-hmm. and it's all about religion it is and mm-hmm. you know sometimes it might make you think about something but as long as you know what you believe and why you believe it, mm-hmm. I guess that's really the important part is the why. We, we were just talking. Yeah. We were just talking about Caprica because yeah. this. In, see, yeah, you're just catching up on it, right? I'm on. I just watched the second episode of like, season right two. This call. Of season <laughs> one or season two? Season one. Oh, okay. Well, then I okay. Well, let's just say that it makes me angry sometimes because. Of the way I understand what they're doing, but it almost—I get a little upset sometimes. I don't know if you ever do as well, but sometimes they portray—they—they might be coming across and they're—they're not using the word Christianity or they're not using the word. But they use the word monotheists and the word right. And sometimes they—they will make fun of Christianity without calling it that, if that makes sense. And that sometimes makes me upset when they did something. But you know what can you do? Okay, put. (laughs) I saw that. 
Go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just going to say, you can plug your ears for just a second, because in <laughs> in season two, they actually used the word church. Yeah. And they use the word monotheist a lot, yeah. and and um, monotheists are the bad guys. I mean, they're the yeah. terrorists that they want to bring down. And yeah. so, anyway, uh, hopefully, I didn't spoil too much for you. Well, I mean, I don't mind spoilers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think what's going on is is Ron, Ron Moore who writes it. You know, along with some, I'm sure he writes it with others. I don't know, but uh, anyway, I know that they're trying to get a, a theme across, kind of like Gene Roddenberry did in a lot of his stuff. Is he he taught moral lessons or gave his political views through situations that he put the characters in. Right, and there was a lot of religion at the end of Stargate SG-1, too. Yes, there was, with, with the Ori. With the Ori and mm-hmm. the ancients and all of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'd occasionally watch it and get a little bit uncomfortable, but then sure. kind of step back and say, okay, this is what they're really trying to say, mm-hmm. and this is they're, – they're not saying that this is God or that this right. is what should be worshipped. This is a story. Well, that and yeah. that and sometimes you, you have to think – well, is this the way? Is this the way the writer? I mean, the writers are putting this stuff out. Is that what they really think about what I believe? And mm-hmm. sometimes they can be just as wrong as we are about what they believe. Right. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting. I went to. Um, I was at DragonCon this past year. On Sunday morning, there was a panel I went to that was titled "Faith and Fantasy: God and Science Fiction." Oh, I bet that was fascinating. It was fantastic, and what it, I was a little nervous going into it. I'm like, is this going to be a true panel? Is this going to be an argument? Is this going to be something that I'm not going to want to stay in? But it really wasn't. It was one guy who was actually a deacon at his church who said, "I miss church every year." for for dragon con so i i like to do this panel i like to talk about religion and science fiction wow and pretty much everyone there was there for the same reason i was and we just talked about you know parallels that you see or types to use a a theological word sure or you know different things what different shows said whether how it was interesting that the scientists in science fiction are always the ones who claim to have belief Right, interesting. If you've noticed that, yeah. Scully and, and Sam on SG-1 mm-hmm. always the ones who claim to have some kind of belief. And at the end, we took communion Oh, I bet at that. Dragon Con. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it was really interesting. And I learned that, that there is an organization out there that's, I think, called Fans for Christ. That's pretty which cool. I learned about for the first time at Dragon Con. I haven't looked into it yet, but I, I have been meaning to check them out. Oh, that's so. that's just really cool. I bet that was a great experience for you. It was really, really neat. And it kind of – it amazes me that so many of the science fiction people I meet are believers. And I wouldn't have thought that, but it happens all the time. I sure. feel like more often than not, when you're at a place with someone where you're comfortable enough talking about belief systems, mm-hmm. that you know you find out that whether or not it's it's Christian – there is some kind of like strong belief mm-hmm. in a lot of fans, right? Right, and well, I mean, just in you know, I noticed on the Trex and Sci-Fi forum that that I frequent, um, I noticed that just having that one thing in common where we love sci-fi opens mm-hmm. up doors for all sorts of discussions, right? And and I think I you know I think sometimes. Um, People might look at a church or something and say, well, those folks all just believe the same thing and they're narrow-minded or whatever. But but really, it's, it works the same way in a church as it does on a forum or in any group of people. Mm-hmm. If you have a common interest, you then can explore other things that you might have in common or, or get into discussions. And then I think you actually grow as a person when you have all sorts of other ideas that you can listen to and talk about. 
Absolutely. And that's what makes life – I mean, really, the internet for me and the, like the Trex and Sci-Fi Forum has really opened me up to be a much more understanding and compassionate person as a believer where I wouldn't have had that before if I didn't – if I wasn't able to rub elbows with people from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So it's I, – I agree with you. The internet is a really cool place where you can you can meet a lot of really neat people. And what, what do you think of that whole thing where it says that internet friends aren't real friends? I think that's garbage. <laughs> I <laughs> figured you might. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when somebody was saying that oh, online friends aren't real friends. But, you know, Amy and I have found over the years now, in the, in the past couple of years that we've been doing the podcast, we found that we have some very, very awesome friends. That, I think in some ways that internet friends can be your truest friends. Well, yeah, I, I've noticed that. It's, I mean, I wish that, that I was rich because I'd love to fly in and have lunch. You know, Amy, I'd love to come over and have lunch with you sometime and look you directly in the face. Um, but we have friends from all over the world now, and it's not possible to do that. But I would say that some of those friendships are really deep and meaningful and challenging. And, you know, in some of our hardest times... Some of our friends on the internet have come through for us better than the ones that live by us. Mm-hmm. And when you meet people on the internet, they don't know what you look like or they don't know how much money you have right. or what you do for a living or what kind of car you drive. Right. They are honestly liking you and sharing a, a, opinions and discourse with you for who you are and what you say. Instead of Which is yeah. what we always preach to everyone. You're exactly you need right. to, to look at the person that's on the inside. And that's exactly the, right. That's the way we express ourselves without having any of that external stuff in the way. Yeah, and that and wh- where else? I mean, where when have when have, have people lived in a time where technology would allow that to happen? This is, I mean, our world became very small. Oh and, yeah, and, and at the same time, those of us that were in a small little town or a small little place or or just in our own little world, the world became very big, and mm-hmm. and at the same time, and it's been it's been a, a very I don't know, very rich experience and I can't I can't wait to see where we're headed with all this. It'll be a lot it's of fun. Exciting, but it's also scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is be- well, you know, for every good thing, well, for every bad thing that the internet offers and cuz it does. Um it also offers some wonderful great things. And that you know how what Amy and I preach and talk about is that you know, you might as well use the tool that you have in front of you for good and make it count uh yep. because we have that opportunity in you know, that's the only time in history. I mean, we are in an amazing place right now where we can communicate. I mean, we put our podcast out, and now, you know, on a monthly average, we're having 9,000 downloads between the Midweek Booster and the. And that's the downloads, not the that's, streams. Okay, we're doing a program from our living room, for goodness sakes, in a little tiny town called Aberdeen on the West Coast, and it's going all around the world, and thousands of people are listening. Wow, that's me and I'm at Aberdeen on the East Coast, which is <laughs> hilarious because every time I get a Twitter from you on my phone that says I'm at so it's in such an Aberdeen, I'm like, oh, she's oh wait a minute, that's clear on the other side of the country. Yeah, I know. It's great. what are the odds that we would both live in Aberdeen? Huh? <laughs> and I there's something about that. I posted something similar actually on the Anomaly blog a, a while back <laughs> about you know where were we ten years ago? I know we had. You know, a Sony Walkman that was the size of a hardback book. Yeah, I remember that. And now that. look at your, your iPod Touch. I know, we it's didn't, tiny. Cell phones were like fishing radios. Yeah, absolutely. And now I can do all of my computing on my cell phone. And <laughs> your banking and everything else, right from your tel- telephone, yeah. That's, it, it's such an amazing time. I don't think we realize what 
an amazing time of like technical advancement that we're living in. Well, it fascinates me. I, I just I just think it's really cool, and I, I'm just so glad that as a believer that I've I've been able to take the tools that we have now to communicate and be able to encourage people's lives. That's really what our goal is, you know. And and I noticed that too. By the way, just wanted to say your blog posting on the Anomaly blog <laughs> is just fantastic. You just do a great job. You really do. I I love I love everybody that writes on that on the blog there, but but you have a really I, I like it when you should do it more. Okay. When I find time. <laughs> okay. All right. By the way, do you do you know off the top of your head the address there that if people wanted to go and read some of your posts they could? The blog, sure. The blog is anomaly podcast. That's A N O M A L Y podcast dot blogspot dot com. Very cool. Okay, and folks, I'll put that in the notes of the of the podcast, and people can go and read some of your posts. They're they're always fascinating. Lots and lots of good stuff. And in fact, I think you guys even have a, a, a male writer as well. Yeah, Joe was around for a while. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know, he but in a while. he was funny but, though. I got a yeah. kick out of his stuff. It was it was really funny. But I really enjoy your posts. You always do a great Thanks. job on it. Okay. As soon as I finish my book, I'll have a new one up. <laughs> you, are you really? Yeah, I'm. I'm. What I'm doing, I'm rereading a book that I've read five or six times. Oh, I thought you were writing a book. a book. I'm like, no, really? No. I'll I buy it. <laughs> that I need to. I need to finish rereading so I can write the review and post oh, it. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I thought you were writing a book. I'm like all excited. I can't wait. Oh, wow. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, but how many people would buy a book from Kissin' Weather? Oh, t- tons of people. <laughs> <laughs> My father's written a book. My father wrote a sci-fi book. Seriously, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my next. That's my next question for you. Um, okay. You grew up as a pastor's kid. They affectionately turned PK in the church world. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the pluses and the minuses? of growing up in in a pastor's home. I I think our listeners would find this fascinating. It's really hard to distinguish. I used to get asked a lot in high school, what's it like? I'm like, well, I don't have anything to compare it to. Right, because you have, I mean, your dad's been a pastor all your life. What are you supposed to do? Give me me a different dad. A lot of these things I didn't really realize till I was older because of that reason I didn't have anything to compare it to. Um... You know, we're in a small community, and my father's been at this church for 36 years. Wow. That's yeah. that's pretty amazing, because most pastors are only there for about two or three. Well, yeah, or 36. I think, I, think in the, <laughs> wow. I think in the Baptist denomination I grew up in, I heard that the average stay of a pastor was five to six years. Wow. So he's been there for 36 yeah, years? that's pretty amazing. 36 years. Yep. The church, we just actually last Sunday celebrated the 160th anniversary of the church. Wow. Yeah. Talk and about he's some... been there for 36 years. That, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the same community, the same church for my entire life. Wow. Uh, you know, except when I was at school or living somewhere else. Whenever I've been here, I've be, I've been in that same place. And... What that means when you're in, when you're any kind of leader, you're a leader in the community, in a smaller community, even with the people who don't know, who who don't go to the church, they know my family. Sure they do. And to add to it, my mother was on the school board for a long, long time. So we were as, I guess, high profile even though that sounds silly, uh, as you could be in a right. relatively small town. Well, no, you lived in a fishbowl like most pastors' families do. Exactly. Yeah, everyone knew who I was. 
and thought it would be hysterical if they caught me doing something wrong and told oh, my parents about no, it. Oh, no. So, but uh, it didn't happen to me, but there was a story that happened to my sister. Somebody called my parents and said they saw my sister walking down the street while she was supposed to be in high school smoking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And apparently my mother uh, said to them on the phone, that couldn't have been our daughter because she's not that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we learned at a young age, if we're going to do something wrong, we're going to do it somewhere that nobody knows who our parents are. (laughs) Sure. That's the best way. Drive a couple hundred miles before you do something stupid. Huh? Do you think exactly. that? Do you think that's the typical situation for a pastor's kid? Do you think there's, there's a lot of eyes on most of them? Oh, I think so. Um, so how did you I, handle that pressure? My, my daughter's shaking her head. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're all meant to be critical, but it can sometimes seem that way. Sure, I, I bet you it's far and few between when somebody comes up and says, "You're just." So great and <laughs> wonderful. Well, that, that's what they say to your face. Well, oh yeah. Well, there, <laughs> like there you church. go. Yeah. Um, but I think that some pastors try and keep their families out of the limelight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family, we all went to public school. We all did things in the community, so we were out and about. And I think that my parents just trusted us basically they trusted that they raised us right they trusted that we knew right from wrong they they trusted in our moral sense and our conscience sure and, you know i this is i guess one of the pros is how much my parents really did trust me i never had a curfew not once wow it was you know just let us know where you're going what time you think you'll be back and who you're going to be with and if you're going to be back later just give us a call let us know what's going on that's all wow. it ever was that's great I know. <laughs> that is really good. It's, it's amazing. And I mean, I know for the way that we were raised with kind of like a lenient hand in some ways, um, my parents, I'm sure, got scrutinized. You know, my, we, they had pastor friends who's, who wouldn't allow their kids to go to the movies. Right. We went to the movies all the time. Right. You know, they got scrutinized. I went to dance classes. I, by the time I was in high school, I spent 20 to 30 hours a week either taking or teaching dance classes. Ah, now, how do you how do you let your daughter do such a horrible thing like get on a stage? That evil you know? that evil dancing. Right. It, hey, it people think I know, that. Oh, I, know, I, I, know. I know. My, my wife grew up Baptist, my, I understand. Uh, my dad would not dance because he I don't know if it was as much a Baptist thing as it was his grandmother was a temperance union lady. Very, <laughs> very, very, very conservative. I mean, they couldn't have Well, you poker. didn't even have you didn't even have playing cards in your house. Well, no, my dad was more lenient, but my grandfather would not allow poker cards in the house. Um we could play Scrabble and games like that, but he would not allow playing cards. Um yeah, that you know, games that had poker cards. So anything sure. that had to do with any vice or any dancing, because that could, you know, I mean, they mm-hmm. were just very, but my mom was, um, my mom was raised Lutheran, and she knew all the ethnic jigs, because she was Scandinavian, <laughs> so we had a little balance there, but <laughs> my dad wouldn't dance, but, um, you know, she would, if she went to a wedding reception or something, I've seen her get out on the dance floor. <laughs> wow. So okay, so so Sue, <laughs> you must have had a a really good relationship with your parents. It sounds like all the kids did in your yeah, family. Yeah, I mean, there was 
you know, no subject was really ever off limits. And there was, I, I can't say it enough, there was just a ton of trust. You know, my one of my favorite stories is uh, towards the end of high school, some friends came over to raid my costume closet for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, because um, being the theater girl, you had all the the, exactly. the fun I costumes much, I, and yeah. I would say to people, you know, tell me what you need. I'm sure I can make a costume out of it. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, my friends Julian and Justin came over after high school and my parents weren't home and they went upstairs and they were in my room and going through my closet and whatever, looking for, you know, spangles or, or something right. to be ridiculous for Halloween. And my mother comes home from somewhere. She was more upset that she thought the house was messy than <laughs> that. I had two boys in my room with no one else in the house <laughs> <laughs> because they just, they, they, they trusted, trusted me yeah. enough to, to know that I wasn't going to do anything stupid. That's very, very cool. So that was that's some good positive parts of being a pastor's kid. At least they trusted you, and that, that's very, very Absolutely. cool. How did you respond to criticism maybe in school? Did people make fun of you for being a pastor's kid? Make fun of? No. Um, I got questions, what's it like, as if, and oh my goodness, once Seventh Heaven started. Oh, is that goodness. what your house is like? Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand that show. Yeah, First of all, they not... don't spend nearly enough time in church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I remember when we we were full time pastors for like oh we lived we lived at the year, church almost twelve years of my kids growing up. We were full time pastors. We, and we ate were, there. We we were yeah, volunteer absolutely. youth pastors before that, and yeah. Rick was a worship leader and a. a Volunteer youth people pastor don't have any idea. Yeah, so think yeah, pastors work an hour a week. They're, yeah, what do you do? The, yeah, I remember. I remember getting very angry one time when somebody said, "Well, what do you do with the rest of your time after you've done your hour long sermon?" I'm like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, me? I, you, I mean, you start writing the next one, and yeah, you have meetings, and, and you do and, other things, and in you the community, well, and you're visiting you the hospitals, and you're, yeah, yeah, and you're golly, yeah. there's so much well, involved, and, and our kids too. I mean, both of my boys had been sound men. You know, yeah, they ran the sound, the or sound they and, vacuumed the floors, or you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're always attended. There was <laughs> just yes. always tons. I I think there were times that we were at the church almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day a week we wouldn't be, and yeah. then then I get mad at Rick because he would go in on his day off. Yeah, (laughs) because I'm going. You're supposed to take Mondays off, and he would end up going into the. Yeah, I got trouble for that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, (laughs) um. So, did you get any theological questions when you were in in high school from the uh, your fellow students? Occasionally, um. I mean, but not not too often. I mean, most of the the community in this area is either Catholic or Jewish. Oh, okay. So there was a background then for the folks. Yeah, and the Catholics, believe it or not, were the ones who wanted to ignore religion the most, it seemed. Interesting. I wonder why that is. Yeah, and they have to go through CCD, and then I think that they think they're done enough. What is is that? What is CCD? Catechism or... I'm just. Uh, I'm, most of the people listening aren't going to know what that is, so I'm just going to have you. I have tell no it. idea what it stands for. Oh, okay. It's, um, <laughs> something, something, something. Probably something. Probably something to do with catechism. I'm thinking, which Where is kind of like their version of Sunday school, but 
They're yeah, trained. It's, it's like after school once a week. It's, oh, okay. it's like a class you have to pass, I think, to be confirmed. Like confirmation, mm-hmm. yeah. Confirmation okay. classes, I've heard of that, yes. yeah. I'm sure that some of our listeners will, as soon as they hear this, they'll be writing an email right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, Tell my, me what it means. I can Google it. Yeah. My, my, well, mom, okay. my mom was raised Lutheran, and they had similar classes yeah, yeah. that they went through, and then they yeah. were confirmed at 13 um, or, or around with that time so, they got through their yeah, classes. Yeah, that sounds around the right time. So would you say, Sue, that you are happy that you were a pastor's kid? Or if you had to do it over again, would it be nice if you weren't? Or what do you think? Did it, do you think it scarred you or it helped you? I think it helped me. I think there are things that the um, congregation doesn't always realize. If, you know, there are sometimes some boundary issues. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. pastors get it calls at two in the morning. You yes. Know, come uh-huh. out here and help me. Why can't you come out here and help me? Well, I, I have this thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, this is my pastor. Well, this is my father. Yeah. You know, when, when my father uh, told the congregation about his kidney disease, there were a couple people who just took it as if it were themselves. Wow. And just, you know, really heartbroken and... I mean, I'm not a person to say, well, you're acting or you're trying to get attention, but that it felt ingenuine and overdone at times to me. Oh, my pastor, my pastor, what's going to happen? So he's your pastor, but he's my father. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a church family, but this is my real family. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, you get used to that. And there are times when it just, you want to shut it out. Yeah. You know, don't don't answer the phone again. The phone won't stop ringing. Just don't answer it. Right. But you yeah. know, ooh. Overall, I think. Again, I don't I don't know anything different. I'm very happy that I grew up with such trust from from my parents, and that I can say to them even now, if they say something silly to me about you know don't do that or make sure you don't get in, involved with these kind of people, I'm like, do you really think I would? Right. <laughs> I get that from my kids. Really, Dad? Really? You think I'd do that, Dad? Yeah. It's like, well, no, but there's always that chance, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So overprotective. But, uh, you know, it was fortunate that even when my mom had to to work, my dad, when he was doing things, could do it from home a lot of the time. He would work on his sermons from home and he would make his calls from home. So he was, they were around a lot. And, you know, I had parents who, they were both working, but my dad could come on school field trips right. as the chaperone, you right. know, and things like that. So they were, that was I a think, plus. around more than a lot of, of my friends' parents. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Well, I, okay. Then that kind of leads me to a question again that I didn't put on the thing. Of course, you know, me. <laughs> uh, but how personal is your faith to you? I mean, I know that, that just because you go to church and your dad was a pastor— doesn't necessarily mean, and of course you know what Amy and I believe, um, it doesn't really mean that you have a relationship with Christ. When did that happen for you? Because, I mean, you grew up in it. Like my wife was at four years old, I think, wasn't it, Amy, when you you kind of made a decision? Well, you know. But I, then really later a, in high school. I, well, I made a public decision like at nine, you know, where, you know, if you grew up Baptist, you mm-hmm. you raise your hand, you go forward and ask to be baptized and go through baptismal classes or whatever, you know, and so I did that at, at like nine or so, but um, I just grew up, you know, every 
every night I pray. When I was little, I didn't know that, you know, you didn't have to ask Jesus into your heart every night. So, I mean, because well, if you grew up Baptist, you, you know, you from a very young age, you say, well, you need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come in your heart and and you'd hear that from a very young age. And so when I was really little, every night I prayed the sinner's prayer. Because you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. And then, you know, later I found out that's not really theologically correct. You know, yeah. you don't have to pray that every day. Or, but anyway. <laughs> so, so Sue, when was your spiritual epiphany, if you, if you would? I don't know. <laughs> so so a lot like... Being- being raised in it, I feel like it was just always there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was taught to me as fact. Right. And that's how, how it is in my mind. It's fact, and that's how it is in my heart. So it's, I think that's for people who grow up in the church, I think that's a hard thing because you hear so many of, of these right. motivational speakers and, yeah. and pastors and the really famous ones out there have this amazing conversion story. Right, right. And for, for people who grew up in the church, we don't have that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that moment. Yeah, we, we I, really weren't these awful sinners at age three or four, right. you know, to have this big conversion, you know, because we were just, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I was, I was baptized at 13, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, a public action. Sure. As I don't recall a time just, when, when my heart turned. It just, that's how it's always been. Well, and, and, and some people would say that's the best testimony of all because you never actually strayed from God's plan for your life, if that makes sense. Oh, that's that's not to say I never strayed. <laughs> but... <laughs> and now the real facts. <laughs> so, but are, did you, are, are you were trying there times to tell when... me that you're human? Or, or... I am. Oh, I am you, not see, Cylon. Go, <laughs> yeah. go figure that. Yeah, go figure. What, what what would you say your hardest struggles were, I mean, as as far as that is concerned? Because I know you have a strong faith now. Were there times when you when you felt like it kind of started to wander for you? Yeah, it. Um, I mean, you don't have to talk about this. No, no, want. it's fine. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out how to phrase it. It was kind of a reaction to being around religion all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to college, and I was like, I just want to not be on. To to to, to me. Being at a church service is like being on, like you on like your game face or you're ready to talk to people and you're happy and you're smiley. Right. So I wanted to to come back from that and do my own thing and you know I had my Bible with me and I read it occasionally but I wasn't actively going to church and I wasn't necessarily actively praying as much as I should have. Sure. Or whatever. I mean, I never like went and you know got into a crack house or anything. <laughs> right, did, right. You know, but I wasn't. I wasn't doing what I should be doing. Sure. And even, you know, sometimes now I don't read my Bible as much as I should. Do, do any, of, any of us really? Oh, I know. I you know. know. I always just say, well, uh, you know, the people say, well, how much should I pray? I say, more. Yeah. <laughs> how much should I read my Bible? <laughs> exactly. More. More. Just, yeah. you know, like, what can you say? I feel like I rededicate myself weekly. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't live up to it. Um my youth pastor actually a couple years ago was preaching a sermon while my father was on vacation and he used the phrase every day I fall short. Wow. I was like, wow, isn't that the truth? It is. It is. Everything the truth I do, I could lives, be yeah. doing better. Yeah. And I've fallen 
shorter on some days yeah. <laughs> than others. Well, and that's why we need that's why that's why I have faith in Christ because I'm needy that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean if if we were just perfect at doing this, well, why would Jesus even have to have come for us? I mean, there was, you know. So yeah. Well, and that's that's what I like about having a relationship with with Christ is that mm-hmm. um you know, just with like anybody that you have a friendship with there are going to be days that you spend more time with them than other days, but it doesn't mean that you're not their friend. Right. It's right. and and if you had a friend that held it over your head that say you didn't read my love letters to you or my my pen pal letters to you for for five hours today, I'm not going to like you. I mean, that's not a real friendship. I mean, I kind of think of it as you know when you get time to sit down and read God's Bible, you know, the Bible, um, great. And if all you can do is think about one verse and live that one verse, that's great too. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, it's a relationship. And I, I, I think sometimes we make it into a, a, a list of have twos and right. that's not, that's not a real relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it shouldn't be a checklist. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, and I think of, of all people who are going to understand our humanness, Jesus is going to understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he created us. He knows what, what our faults and weaknesses are, for goodness sakes. If anybody knows, he knows. And then he, then he came down here and lived in a, a human body yeah. for 30-some years, you know. And so understands he under- our condition. He understands tiredness and you know, temptation, there, and, hunger, yeah. <laughs> frustration. So, so Sue, if if somebody was to ask you what is church to you, what would how would you answer? I would answer is that a capital C or a lowercase C? Good question. <laughs> how about okay? What's 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 lowercase C to you? Church. Church, um, lowercase is a building. Uh, the church with the capital C are the people, the body of believers. And they can be all over the place, can't they? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Absolutely. All right. Um, <laughs> in the amount of time that you've spent in church, which is many, many years, <laughs> yes. have you ever been hurt by people in the church? Oh, no question. How do you, how do you deal with that? Because I know a lot of our listeners, at one time or another, they either don't go to church because they got hurt, or they don't want to go to church because they don't want to get hurt. Or, you know, or they're in church and they're feeling miserable because they're hurting. Right. How do you deal um, with that? It's hard. I have seen, being in the, in the same church for so long, I have seen people go crazy over what I think to be the silliest things. You know, there was a family that, that got upset and left the church because of the hymnals that the deacons chose. Oh, oh we yeah. Understand. yeah. You know, and... Things like Carpet what color. time a service is, right. <laughs> people get all upset about. Yeah. And I, I think the best way to describe it is that the church, especially the congregation that you're a part of or a member of, uh, again, to use a doctrinal term, sure. it's a, it really is a family. It is. And not all families get along all the time. Yeah. They butt heads and they fight and they get angry. And it's a horrible, horrible thing when a family breaks up. Yes. In both a real family and a church family. When someone leaves that church and goes somewhere else, it hurts. Yeah. If someone gets angry in the church, it hurts. And it's it's just like 
dealing with things like divorce in your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we and we had never really experienced that until uh, uh, well, a few years into my into my faith, I we experienced a pretty rough situation. And then many many years later, here in the last couple of years, we experienced another very rough situation. And the only way that when I describe it to people, they say that's just like going through a divorce. It really is, and it um, all it, you can really do is pray about it. Mm-hmm. You can pray for the person or the situation that hurt you, and you can pray for yourself for for understanding and clear knowledge. And the hardest thing about it, I think this is probably actually on tomorrow's podcast, is learning to trust again. Yeah, because you were doing I, you're doing the podcast about hurt and deception. Right? Yes, yes, we are. Yep. That's that's tomorrow's, and it's just people in church. <laughs> I have this theory that there's the real you and the church you, mm-hmm. like for people who are Sunday Christians, and our goal is to have that be the same person, the real you and the church you, to be one and just mm-hmm. be you. Boy, that is some wisdom right there. <laughs> that's hard to do, but boy, that is a great goal to have, though, because if you can be the same at church as you are in everyday life, you've achieved something pretty good there. I mean, that's that's called balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this might sound odd or conceited, and it's not meant that way. I think that a pastor's family has kind of a one up on that mm-hmm. because, as we were saying before, you're always kind of in um, a fishbowl. So you're, you're always you're under kind of your church you, yeah, unless you're with people you really, really, really trust. Well, I think and one, it's hard to know who those people are. Yeah, and one of the reasons you see sometimes pastors' kids go off the deep end is because they're not, the, the family is not the same mm-hmm. at church as they are at home, and that can get really messy really fast because then it's not a, there are, there believe it or not, and, and I'm sure many people understand this, there are people that get up and fake everybody out every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's not a very that's not a very lasting, long, impacting type of thing. It, it can really mess people over quickly. But I would say that there are quite a few genuine people like your dad and like you and 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 others that that live what they you know what they preach. Yeah, we have no problem snarking at each other in church. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight with him in Sunday school and say I don't think that's that's what you think it is. <laughs> Well, what what kind of advice do you have then for folks listening that have been hurt in church? Um, Does forgiveness come into play? Or, I I mean, what would you say to, well, you have a platform right here. What would you say to people that have been hurt in church or maybe they're not going to church now? I would say, oh man, what would I say? (laughs) Go ahead. Pray about it. It's um, forgiveness in my experience is the easy part. Because we we all have faults and we all have things that we wish we hadn't done or regret. And, you know, I'd want to be forgiven, so I need to forgive. It's the trusting, again, that's the really, really hard part. Mm-hmm. And I pray to for, for whatever person that hurt me to realize that pain. and Because and a lot of times they don't. Yeah. And I pray for forgiveness for them from from God. Forgive them for for this hurt they caused. Forgive me for anything I did that might have brought it upon myself because you don't know well how that person perceived your own actions. Yeah, yeah. And pray for clarity in some ways. How do I move forward? How do I? Who do I trust? And if you've you've been hurt too much to go back to one congregation, look for another one. Mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable with the the churchiness, the formalness, the service, the order, 
try a couple of Bible studies, mm-hmm. you know, where when wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. You know, you, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning in a dress and heels at 10 a.m. singing hymns to be church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 two, I think that the point is when when the Bible talks about church, it it doesn't talk about really what we have westernized. It talks mm-hmm. more about connecting people together that believe. Yeah. And and I think when you're when you're alone, it's a it's a scary thing. I don't think mm-hmm. God ever intended us to be alone. And we're supposed to fellowship and we're supposed to gather, but I mean, we choose Sunday because the resurrection was on a Sunday. Right. right. But it doesn't have to be Sunday. It can be whenever you can. If you go to a, if you work on Sundays, yeah. But can go to a Wednesday night Bible study. Make yeah. that your church. Anytime you spend in the Word with others, it's a good thing. You're at church, yeah. basically. Yeah. You're because you're with. The Church, sure. capital T, capital C. Well, and and you know, as we've been going the midweek booster, I've been going through the Book of Acts. If if, if you listen to any of that, you'll find that they they met in people's homes every day. Mm-hmm. They and they bro- churches bro- still do that. Yeah, broke bread, ate a meal, and then talked about what God was doing in their life, and that was church. Mm-hmm. So, very very cool. Okay, one last thing before okay. we before we wrap things up. Um, if there's one thing that you could say to a young person or any person for that matter about God in your own life, what would it be? Oh, big question. (laughs) That's a big question. Yeah. And I read it differently too, when you sent it to me. (laughs) Oh, okay. What did you think I was, was asking? Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, I said before, I feel like I, I rededicate myself all the time. Um, about having a relationship and getting a relationship and staying in it and building it is spend time with the Bible and in prayer. Try and, I mean, we're all busy. I'm crazy busy all the time. <laughs> but sure. try and make the time. If you're If you're on a commute, take a minute to pray. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but take a minute to pray. Right. You know, um, find a translation or a paraphrase of the Bible that you like that's easy to read for you. Do you by the way, do you have it, any suggestions on that? As far I like the NIV. Okay. The New International Version. Um, my dad jokes that the King James is the only real translation. Right, I, yeah. We've and I say, that. well, then you should go read the Hebrew. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the real one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Here are American Greek. Get it up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, whatever, whatever is easiest to read for you. I mean, I can read the King James. That's why I was able to read Victorian books in school without a problem. Yeah, sure. sure. I, but, I I remember in in English class when we did Shakespeare, I could uh-huh. do it somewhat decently because my I grew up with my dad only reading King James, King James, King James. and yeah. so yeah, I was exactly. used to it. But but yeah, it is hard for some people to understand it. Well, though. and now nowadays too, Sue, the nice part about living in this age is you can download the Bible and listen to it on your MP3 player. Yeah. Yeah, I have um like 17 translations on my phone for free. Yeah, which is like <laughs> that's that's amazing. It's great. And I'd say if you when you get when you find the translation you like, when you find the or paraphrase that you like, whichever, get it with study notes. Get a study Bible. Mhm. Cuz that's the greatest thing 
never read one verse at a time because you're taking it out of context. Yeah, because you can make Bibles all sorts now, of stuff out of it, can't you? Yeah. Most Bibles now have, have things segmented in the stories. Like yeah. this is one whole set of things. Read a set, read the notes. You know, do if, if you don't want to read straight through, find a little devotional book. There are a lot right. of them out there, two minutes a day. And just if you can, you can find the time, if you can make the time to do it every day, you, you get a new outlook. It does change. It changes perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, you can. I mean, it's you can go through tough times and just, you know, sometimes you can, you know, maybe some crazy stuff might be going on at work. You open your devotional and you are in the story of Noah and you think, what does this have to do with anything I'm going through? How can this possibly help me? Mm-hmm. But just in in spending time in in the Word, yeah. spending time thinking about God or speaking to God or praying, you just feel better. I yeah. can't explain it. You just something makes the stress and the worry go away. You realize that whatever you're dealing with on Earth is temporary. Yeah, it will pass. However, it'll pass. You'll deal with it. Yeah. Well, I I know that um, you probably don't realize how much you your faith speaks through how you act and present yourself on the internet, but it does. I know that um, so. <laughs> yeah, it does, and and I know that um, when I was experiencing some health problems not too long ago, one of the things that you said you had read a devotional and you you uh, sent me a little uh, text message when I was mm-hmm. having to have some tests done, and you basically said you know quit worrying about something that you don't even know is real or not. Yeah, you know, you we all spend so, so much true. time worrying about things that are, you know, that, that might happen that we're not in the now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, that I was very helpful happened in in my world because I am, I have anxiety, like actual anxiety. I, it causes me to have, you know, control impulse disorder. I pull my hair out when I get worried. Like there, Aww. there's some crazy stuff in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> but. Somehow, when when my father was sick, when my father before the transplant, I became the rational one in the family. Wow! You know, I said, whatever we find out about this next test or this next thing, before we get crazy and freak out, let's see what it says. Yeah. And when it when we find out what it says, we say, okay, what do we do now? And we'll deal with it, and we'll go mm-hmm. step by step. And as a result of that, things went a lot smoother than they could have, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I never would have thought that I'd be the one saying these do things you, in my you, family. <laughs> well, do you think that was a gift of faith for that time? Do you think God Absolutely. just blessed you with that for your family? Absolutely. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I think that it was very inspirational as I followed along <laughs> and watched. You know, it's it's an interesting thing. Again, we never realize how our lives impact others until they tell us or we get to heaven, I guess, and we find yeah. out. <laughs> but uh, I guess I just wanted to say from Amy and I, we just we appreciate your friendship and you've always been so encouraging about our program and and our idea on what we're doing here because it's it's a little bit different than others, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I really have enjoyed the uh, little snippets of faith here and there that you sprinkle throughout your throughout your walk of of life, and that's <laughs> that just goes to show that you live your life, you know, in all areas with faith, and that's that's a that's a very I important tried. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Well, you know, we probably could talk forever, but, you know, we've talked for about an hour. Can you believe that? I hope it's interesting. Oh, I think I, I think it is. Don't you, Amy? I think it'll be fine. I think a lot of people will be very encouraged. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, that want to get to know you a little bit more because you only have little 
little parts that you put out on Twitter, you know, and just a little bit of a blog. So, you know, now they can listen to a whole hour of Sue. Right. Well, my, my personal blog is locked, but I can be found on Blogspot as well. <laughs> Good. Tell us how to – if somebody um, wanted to contact you or follow you on Twitter, they just let them know that they listen to you on Taken With You? And- yeah, sure. I um, My username just about everywhere is Spaltor. It's not splatter, and it autocorrects to Spangle. Yes. What, is, is what does Spaltor mean? What is that from? Spaltor is from uh, my theater days, depending okay. on what – voice parts needed more volume in whatever song we were singing i would sing anywhere from soprano to alto one or two or tenor one so uh we had spaltos the soprano altos and the taltos the alto tenors but since i did all three i was speltor i had no idea what that meant and now (laughs) it's cleared up and that's hilarious i know I, 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 I was thinking it. I was thinking it was some Lord of the Rings term or something. <laughs> to the town of Spaltar. <laughs> it's S P A T. No, wait. S P Alto A L T O R. That's right. And, Spaltar. Uh, yeah, and that is on Twitter and on Blogspot. On Blogspot, it is my account of my attempt to get to all of the Major League Baseball stadiums. Ah, uh, nice. But uh, it has links to. You know, I'm on the Anomaly blog, and I'm I'm on Twitter, and I think I, I thought I tweeted a lot, but I guess I don't. <laughs> you you tweet quite a bit. I enjoy your tweets, though. They're they're really good. You know, that's one thing we didn't talk about that we we might have to have you back on is talk about your passion for baseball because you go to every game, don't you? Not every game. Almost. I have, <laughs> I have a I have a partial ticket plan. Um, <laughs> With the now defeated New York Yankees. Oh, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna bring that up because I knew you're probably very sad about that. I'm not pleased with them at the moment. We're gonna have a meeting later. <laughs> you have a lot of hobbies though that you're involved in, and, and oh, one of them no is, is is baseball, huh? Baseball. I juggle. Do you really yeah. juggle for real? I juggle. I've got to see some YouTube videos of this. <laughs> I, I don't have uh, my knives anymore. You're but, kidding! Um, you juggle knives. Juggled knives in college. Golly. <laughs> this did, is something you, I didn't did know. Did you do that for your alumni benefit um, performance? But you injured yourself, <laughs> though, dancing, didn't you? I did. I injured myself dancing. Uh-oh. I believe. I don't know how it happened, but I was like, huh, something hurts. And now I'm and still in physical therapy. I was just going to say, and now you go to physical therapy for your, yeah. your leg, isn't it? Your knee or something? Uh, my The injury is in my back. Oh, interesting. And the pain was in my leg. Oh, like sciatica. I know, right? <laughs> I, I've done like sciatica? that one. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I pinched the very, very top of that nerve. Oh. Yeah. I um, I went to a chiropractor one time for sciatica, and I told him the area of my leg that was hurting, and he went down my spine, and he said, You mean right like, here? Like right here, and it just about shot me off the table yeah. because <laughs> it was like, yep, that's the nerve. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. did you just put a knife in my back? Yeah. So besides baseball and dancing, uh, what uh, do you also – don't you do something with – do you knit or do you crochet or something? Is that what, I cross-stitch. That's right. That's right. It's cross-stitching. Okay. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I cross stitch and uh, I read a ton and yes. I tap dance and and you like watching DVDs. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I listen to about five hundred podcasts. podcasts. I know you're always <laughs> catching up on ours. It's so funny, but you save up like five of them, then you listen. <laughs> well, it's not 
saving up. I have 287 <laughs> unheard podcasts on my well, iPod right now. You know, one of the biggest things you ever <laughs> encouraged us on was when you took communion with us on the Thanksgiving show on the tram. <laughs> you were on the train with uh, with a cup of coffee and a and a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> When you wrote to me about that, that just made my day. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. It, it kind of felt like we were in New York with you having yeah. communion on the subway or wherever it was. It was a very, it was a very, <laughs> like, it was oh, very that cool. That was nice. Yeah. You don't, tradition doesn't need to always be followed. Find out yeah. why you do something. That's right. That's yeah. another piece of advice. Find yeah. out why you do something yeah. and if you should still be doing it. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Do you remember that old, the old story about the ham? Where where uh, the the uh, relatives sat down to eat dinner and and uh, they brought out the ham, and uh, um, uh, the ends were cut off. The, the ham. ends were cut off the ham, and and one of the kids asked, "Well, why are the ends cut off the ham?" And the uh, the dad said, "Well, it just makes it taste better." And so they he said, "Oh, okay." So they you know they cut up the ham and they ate, and then uh, the next holiday the same thing happened, and this time they had a bunch more relatives with them, and so. Um, they they said they said Grandma, how come Dad says it tastes better when the ham is cut up like that? And and she said, Oh, honey, that's not why. It's because the pan that I used to put the ham in was too short, so I cut off both ends for it to fit in there. <laughs> so they were eating, they were cutting off the ends of the ham mm-hmm. when that didn't really just, make it taste any better. It was just, just what they'd because, always had done. Yeah, they've always yep. done it. And yeah, so if we could find out why we do some of the things that we do and the meaning behind it might have a little bit more meaning to us and we might find ourselves maybe not doing some of the things. Or, <laughs> or not or not having to do it in that exact same exactly. way. Because you know? life is about the meaningfulness of it, not necessarily the routine of it. Yeah, <laughs> so. Anyway, Sue, we're so grateful. Thank you so much for being our guest on the show today. And uh, I was I was really looking forward to interviewing you. And I, I think that uh, you've probably encouraged many, many people with, with, with what, you, uh, what, what we talked about today. If I can even talk. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like I said, I just hope it's not boring. No, no, it's not boring at all. So thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, there you go. I hope you enjoyed the interview. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun really getting to talk to Sue because we've had some correspondence. correspondence and she sent us but, cards and stuff. But and, this is the first time we really got to have a nice long chat with and her. And it was so a lot was of fun. fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then she turned her webcam on and, and introduced us to her cat. And then we introduced Stripey to yeah, her so we Yeah, so we, we had our cats communicate back and I forth. I think Miles hung out with Miles us. Miles hung out with us, yeah. yeah. Stripey was there too, but he didn't stay long enough. Oh, she didn't hang out with us because we didn't want to get hurt. Yeah, she's kind of evil. Well, she, I think, has hormonal issues. Yeah, well, anyway. Well, thanks everybody for joining <laughs> us. Um, we wanted to let you know that we are going to, for next week's podcast, we're going to be recording live from the Sci-Fi Museum in Seattle and Amy and I are going to take the recorder with us, and we're going to record from the exhibits and talk a little bit about what we're looking at and what they mean to us. So it'll be kind of a fun little program. You know, I don't know if it's possible. You know that little tiny video camera you have? Could uh-huh. we do some little video blogs too? I don't know if the light will be good enough in there, but we can try. Okay, that's right, because we can't use flash or anything. Right, so. and everything's kind of dark in there. They make it all look cool and everything. But well, yeah. we'll we'll attempt to take some pictures and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, we're going to do some audio from 
the uh, Battlestar Galactica exhibit and then some other exhibits at the Sci-Fi Museum. We thought that might be interesting for all of our listeners and maybe talk about some of what some of the series have meant to us and mm-hmm. um, what we liked and what we didn't like and so on. So that'd I, be fun, huh? I think the last time we were there, we've only been there one other time, but that was like three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And this, so. so we're going to call next week live from the Sci-Fi Museum. Yeah, and this is the brainchild of one of the founders Paul of Microsoft. Allen. Yeah. And so a lot of it is his collection. A, a, around the world, you may not have heard of Paul Allen, but you probably heard of Microsoft and Windows and he And was, Bill Gates, and who Bill was his Gates. partner. Yeah. So anyway, should be a great episode. I hope everybody enjoys it. So, uh, that's everything for us from for today. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, email us rick at takehimwithyou dot com or amy at takingwithyou.com if you want to give a donation uh go over to the website takingwithyou.com click on the donate button that would be very appreciated um drop us a line visit us on facebook at facebook.com slash rick.moyer or facebook.com slash rick or amy.moyer and we'd love to hear from you okay taking with you is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2010. All rights reserved. Okay. All right. I'm out of here. Happy birthday. Thank you, dear. I can't wait to eat cake. Well, we got to go get it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Hello, my name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking With You podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. You can find us at Podbean, just type in Waffle On Podcast. Podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Thank you. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the hosts of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of the Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. 
my co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Hi, my name's Al, and my wife Joyce and I are big Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing little-known gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks, as well as offer up some tips and tricks we've picked up over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. So, after Rick and Amy have helped you along your spiritual path, check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. And remember, make it a magical day.